Hi, everyone. Welcome to They Had Fun. I'm Rachel, and I am back with another amazing story about New York City. And it is in the air, guys. It's really not. It's actually snowing today and it's freezing cold and I'm very sad. But outside of that, right on the precipice, I can feel spring and New York City is on its way. And I can already just visualize myself on my bike so happy or dining al fresco or sitting in the park chugging beers with some friends. I'm just so excited. And this is what we all live here for. This is going to be an excellent spring and summer. I can feel it. Just think about all the fun you're going to have and all the time with your friends and being outside and not wearing like 19 layers and trudging yourself to the subway. I don't know. I know a lot of people love the winter here in New York City. It is not for me. As you guys know, I love, love, love the warm weather. So much fun stuff happens. There's like free things and sitting outside and everyone suddenly wants to get out of their apartments. I just love it. I could keep going. But anyways, it's coming, guys. So lots of Rachel's recs will be featuring things you can do once the weather turns. I'm very excited. But let's get into today's Rachel's Rex. We're going to start with mine. And that was an incredible exhibit that I saw this weekend. I went on Friday and it's at the Museum of the City of New York. So I don't know if you've ever been. It's on Fifth Avenue at like 103rd Street. It is pay what you wish. So it is accessible and available to everyone. That is so great. And this show that you want to go see is New York Now Home, a photography triennial. Okay, so this show is giving us a look into the different types of living that New York City people do. Now that could be like your home is your community or your neighborhood or actually your physical dwelling or it could be the people that support you. It's all sorts of things. If you love New York City, if you love the people here, frankly, if you're listening to this podcast, I know that this is the show for you. It gives you an eye into some of the indignity some people who live here have to face. It gives you an eye into what we went through for a bit of COVID. It just, it's beautiful. It is for New York City. It reminds us why we're here. It reminds us who the people are. I cannot recommend it enough. Like I said, pay what you wish. Actually, the building it's inside of is absolutely stunning. If you have not visited this museum, it's a great excuse to go check out New York Now Home a Photography Triennial. Okay, number two is the request from Instagram last week, and I really was excited to get this one. I think it was like a, f- a place for fancy candles, which I know I have a lot of things in my back pocket, but this one, okay, Aedes Perfumery on Orchard Street. This place is wild. I don't feel like there's a lot of places in New York City like this and I stumbled upon it. I'll give you the story back and I was in Paris, humble brag. I bought this room spray from a fabulous like Parisian perfumery, ran out of it, wanted to get more. No one in the States carried it for a very long time. And then it randomly started being carried in the U.S. And the only place that had it, no surprise to anyone, wound up being in New York City. And it was Aedes Perfumery. And I went there. And the first time I walked in, I was like, holy shit, it's like dark and very like romantic and beautiful and there's like deep curtains and they always had these humongous beautiful floral arrangements and it's just lined and lined and lined with all these beautiful bottles of perfume and extremely fancy candles and that is a very important part when they said fancy we went with fancy okay so like the price point here is a lot it's not for everyone and I understand that but wow if you can just go in there and spend five minutes the people working there the process they do it's kind of like a bespoke experience you come in you talk to them about what you want they go to the back they bring things out for you so you don't really walk around it's all about this experience and as far as I know when I've gone in they love talking they love talking about their products they're so proud of them they have free matches that happen to be some of the best matches I've ever used in my life I don't I just love Love this place. If you want to drop some money on a candle or a really nice perfume, Aedes Perfumery on Orchard Street, 
Ooh, it is so nice. It doesn't even feel like it's in New York and you just kind of pop in off the street. I, I love it. Great if you're having a bad day. Go pop in there. It's just such a blast. Okay, those are our Rachel's Rex. Don't forget on Friday to check in on our Instagram. You can ask for your own. I would love to hear everything you have to ask for. Let's get started on the show today. I may have finally found someone who loves New York as much as me. She was very excited to be a guest. She is such a wonderful person. She used to be a corporate event planner. She also used to have a very illustrious career as a hospitality professional in New York City. And most importantly, she is now the star, let's call her the star, of her very own Instagram, Can I Paint Your Nails, where you can follow her for all of her beautiful nail artwork she does. Please welcome to the show, Julia Murphy. Hello, hi, how are you? Hi, I'm great. Like I was saying, you have all of these things, you have all of these titles, you have this background, and we can talk about a bunch of them, but we're just going to get it right out of the way first. And that is, can I paint your nails, your lovely Instagram, where some of even the listeners can go on and see you paint your nails as like odes to New York City institutions or restaurants or art exhibits that are happening. And I found you through the Union Square (laughs) Green Market Instagram like a total weirdo. So let's just talk a little bit about this passion project of the nails. Well, thank you so much for that introduction. And yes, Can I Paint Your Nails (laughs) is definitely my passion project right now. It is what got me through the pandemic, if I'm being totally honest, and reconnected me with New York. We all had to look inwards during that time. And as a hospitality professional, I'm used to going out and socializing. I identify as an extreme extrovert. So it was really difficult to be alone. And I had to keep busy. And I didn't really know what to do since my interests were shut down, New York restaurants, socializing. And I turned to my nails, which I don't wear makeup. And I have never even thought about being an artist or taken an art class. And all of a sudden, I started to just really like having to sit still. And having to focus on these 10 little canvases that I have on my hand. In the beginning, it was great. I had so many designs to master. And then eventually I had to look outwards. And when we were finally allowed back out, as you said, I turned to New York City, which is my one true love, and grabbed inspiration from the subway, from the museums, from the restaurants, anywhere I could find it. I take a picture and then I try to revisit it with my nails, which it makes it really fun as well. I cannot believe that you're like, I've never had an artistic bone in my body. I was never into makeup. These are all things that I'm like, what? Because seriously, you look at some of the creations you do, and I would have assumed you would like had a minor in art history or like something like that because they seriously are so on point. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. So for you to be like, this is truly something I just happened to pick up. That's mind blowing because they're so incredible. And what's even funnier is that I've worked in restaurants and in restaurant hospitality, you really can't wear nail polish because you're working with food, regardless if you're front of house or back of house. Ah, yeah. So especially not nail art. So this was nowhere near what anyone, including myself, envisioned for me. And then I joke that, you know, none of us came out the way we went in in the pandemic. And I just kept doing what I'm doing. And I really love it. And it connects me to people in New York and restaurants. So I don't think I'll stop. (laughs) Look at you, Julia. You know exactly what you're doing, leading us right into our next bit of conversation to have. Okay, so Can I Paint Your Nails, which also is just a hilarious name. But the hospitality industry, which of course is so important in New York City. It is like such a life force. It's honestly what most New Yorkers live for. You know, we have all the arts, we have everything, we have the beautiful neighborhoods, like, oh, we can walk everywhere. All these things are great, but like, we know all of us are obsessed with restaurants. You have such a rich history in restaurants and hospitality in New York City. Let's just chat a bit about that. Tell us, where did you work? Drop some names, feel free. 
Okay. So to jump right in and answer your first question before you even ask it, I moved to New York right after graduation to work at a three Michelin star for New York Times star restaurant at 21 years old. Wow. So it was, yeah, it was crazy. It was uh, restaurant Danielle on the Upper East Side. And what? <laughs> it was really, yeah, it was a dream come true and surreal. Like looking back, I don't even think I, I totally knew what I was going into, but at the same time, I had no idea what I was going into. I consider it almost like grad school because it taught me so much and I made so many connections. And I just love looking back at that time. And like you said, not only at the best city in the world, but one of the best restaurants in the world and with the best people. It just, there was so much passion there, which you need to have in New York. It was amazing. Okay. We're, we're going to get into that. And when we get into the the set questions of the show, I'm just thinking about 21 year old you or me or anyone showing up and working at it. I feel like I was such a mess. I feel like everyone's like that you were doing a job of that caliber is very impressive, but the number one question I always want to ask someone who has a background like this, and it may seem silly, is just what's your favorite restaurants? Where do you like going? That is a great question. I love a high-low moment, Ooh. depending on what I'm doing. If it's like a fancy night, I like a burger or a slice. On like My favorite slice is Joe's. It's controversial. I believe everyone has the right to figure to determine what the best slice in New York is. But for me, it's Joe's Pizza while walking folded in half. Okay. But then of course, if I'm doing something, I'm not like low, but you know, I'm just having a casual day. Why not stop in? One of my favorite restaurants is Via Crota. I sit at the bar at Via Crota, have a martini. Oh, brilliant. Enjoy a bowl of pasta. I, that's not really, you know, but the, it can go so many ways. I love just walking into a nice restaurant and seeing if I can sit at the bar, you know, in your wild dreams, you don't think you'll get a reservation there, but you might not need a reservation if you just try. Is there anything better than sitting at the bar? No. <laughs> Is that cheesy and annoying? Because like, it's the truth. Like, I don't know. I didn't grow up with that. Like where I was from, no one sat at a bar, and especially my parents don't drink. So like, we really weren't sitting at bars. Like, but like, that wasn't a thing that people did. And now I remember when I first moved to New York, I worked for this woman who was kind of like, in my mind, was so like, well to do. And she like lived on the Upper West Side and she had all of these things going on. And I just remember we went somewhere once and she was like, let's sit at the bar. And I was like, oh my word, like what, you know, like I don't even, didn't even know we could do that. And now it's just like, I feel like it's such like a calling card of New Yorkers that people love oh, yeah. sitting at the bar. And I just think it, it truly is such a joy in life to just like you said, saddle up, get a martini and just, you know what I think it brings more than anything is dialogue. Yes. I was going to say conversation because that's really, yeah. obviously you can get a table or a seat where you didn't think you could, but you connect with the bartender, the staff, you don't know who's, you know, it's a transient space. So people are waiting for their tables or also enjoying a martini at four o'clock. You don't know why they're there, but you're about to figure it out. <laughs> I love that. It's very true. Yeah. I think mostly, like you said at the beginning, you're an extrovert. And I think maybe I haven't thought about it this way before. Being a bar seater is the ultimate extroversion. It means that you want the engagement. Oh, you're open for it. People yeah. are sitting at the bar, are either looking to buy you a drink, have a drink bought for them, or to engage with you over one. Like that's what you're there for. And if you're not, you should go to a table. <laughs> so We've got the highbrow with Danielle. We've got sort of like middle, but classic with Via Carota. And then you also can just be a gal on the street having her slice of pizza and walking it. You have to walk and eat it though. That's the thing too. You have to be able to throw the paper plate out, fold it in half, walk and eat it. A true New Yorker. Okay, well, considering that we now know your full experience of all of your favorite foods, sorry, but yeah. I had to ask. So that perfectly will lead us into then, since you love talking about it so much, is when 
when you moved to New York. So let's start out with our first question, which is, when did you move to New York City? So I was actually born in Manhattan. <gasps> yes, what? I'm a New Yorker. Another and native New Yorker. I did not know. I love it. We are rare, but I am one. And city kids will fight me because I technically grew up in Westchester, but I'm a third generation New Yorker on my mom's side. She's from Long Island. My grandma born and raised in Queens. And my dad is from just across the river, Bayonne, New Jersey. So I like to joke that I'm half Long Island, half New Jersey, but raised in Westchester. Full New Yorker, third generation. <laughs> I love it. I never thought I could live anywhere else. I've ne- I still don't think I can because I truly can't see myself anywhere else. You're hitting all of my <laughs> uh, perfect <laughs> points. Okay, so you were born here. We're giving you that. Obviously, at some point you moved away. You decided to come back. When did you come back? I came back a month after graduation. I moved to Stytown with two of my best friends from college. And we were the menace of Stytown. I don't know if you've been to a friend's apartment or lived there yourself, but it's like a starter apartment for young graduates. Yes, And we were the menace. It was families. It was Pleasant Village. What playground are you going to? I was working at fine dining at the time. So I was having a wonderful lifestyle just to the <laughs> extreme. And with the East Village right there, I mean, that was our playground. The kids in Town were playing in Town. We were going to the East Village, Alphabet City. It was honestly quintessential and perfect with my two best friends. So what could be better than that? Wait, what year was this? This was 2012 and we lived in a converted two bedroom to three bedroom, which is a very classic New York. Yes. No living room, but we all had a place to go. So (laughs) that's what I was going to say. No living room. My first apartment. Oh no. My second apartment also had no living room. Once again, the theme continues. We didn't think it was weird. We were like, okay, yeah, we'll just hang out in each other's bedrooms together. Totally. And there's so many things. I also, I had an apartment once without a sink in my bathroom. That's also (laughs) not weird in New York. It's a surprising thing, but it's not weird. Okay. So you came here in 2012. You just had Outside of the fact that you were born in New York, which obviously native New Yorker, but outside of that, when you've come back, you have now hit your New Yorker decade, you know, whether people agree with that or not, that's just the time frame that we like to use. So let's get into a bit of the second question, which is why did you move to New York? And you sort of touched on that. It sounded like it was to work at this very prestigious restaurant, but what, why, why did you want to do that? I've been obsessed with restaurants since as young as I can remember. And I went to school for that. I studied at the hotel school at Cornell. I knew I wanted to work at the best restaurants in the world. And what better place than to look at New York City? There are, of course, fabulous restaurants in every major city, but New York is the best of everything. So I had my eyes set on that and I was very fortunate. And for two years after graduation, I worked at Danielle and I had just the best mentorship I could ask for. And then after that, I bounced around a little bit. I went to major food group downtown. So I did uptown, did downtown. That was a bit more cool dining. Okay, we're going so fast here. I have questions. <laughs> it's just like, like you're saying you felt privileged. And I am thinking that because I'm thinking like, how did you get this job? Not to sound rude, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, like that's a hard job to get and be 21 right out of school. What, what happened? What's the story behind that? I was a stage, which is a French term for intern the summer before. And I proved myself, but it definitely was connections. I went to this hospitality school and they were looking for professionals and the restaurant industry is very difficult. Of course, skill and personality comes into play, but a certain level of energy from a young person, I think is also very necessary. And that's what they were looking for. And I believe I earned it, but I think also a little right time, right place. I was just going to say, why don't we just say you earned it? Because that's what it sounds like. I did. They saw what you brought to the table when you were there for your stage. And then they were like, you can come back. So you earned it. And that's what it is. You fucking earned it. Okay. So let's. Yes, I did. I did. Let's stand in that. Okay. So then after that, you moved on. I'm just getting your whole life story. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
it only works. So yeah. <laughs> then you moved on to major food group. We've got now the new Teresi that just opened, Carbone. The Dells, Parm, Dirty Yes, yes, yes. Zizi's Clam Bar, which is, I think, the best. It's the very tiny cocktail lounge just a few doors down from Carbone. It's wildly underrated, but I was there a long time ago. So it was a very different, like now they're everywhere. And it was such a cool time to be there. Once again, very privileged to be there and learned so much that I use to this day. So I would have to imagine that uh, major food group maybe had a little more shall we say fun happening here and there. Definitely. They were not interested in the Michelin guy. They were interested in New York. I think that's fair to say. They are New York and they love New York. So I'm assuming you had a good amount of fun while you were working there. Yes. One could even say too much fun, which is why <laughs> I ended up becoming a corporate event planner. I wanted something a bit more, you know, where I could live my, my best life in New York, do these New York things that we are so lucky to be around. And again, I found a way to make it fun. And for me, that's painting my nails. Once again, doing my job for me, bringing it all back to fun. And thank you very much for that. No, I love, I love that you were born here. I love that you chose to come back here, that you're choosing to stay here probably forever, that you have such an appreciation for this entire industry in New York City that we love. So considering all of these things, I have to ask you the most important question of the show. And that is, Julia, what is the most fun you've ever had in New York City? I want to focus on the time that I had fun for the first time after the pandemic, because that was a feeling of fun I hadn't had in a while. It gave me faith in New York. So again, I'm from Westchester. I was born in Manhattan, but I was raised in Westchester. When we went through full lockdown, I spent a couple of weeks in New York, but then eventually did go to my parents' house. And I was at home in my childhood home with my parents. And that was the time where we couldn't go out, you know, but we wanted to go back out and we didn't know when that would happen. We all were eating from our pantries. It was really scary. So when we finally could go back out, my dad said, we're going to do our favorite family tradition, which is go to Arthur Avenue. It is what you want little Italy to be. That's the real New York Italian American experience. And that was something that my family did a lot together. We would go grocery shopping in Arthur Avenue and get our ingredients, bring it home, make a meal together. And that was our family time. So when we were finally going out of the home, my dad was like, of course, we're going to go to Arthur Avenue and stock up on supplies. So we finally go out. (laughs) And again, this is 2020. So it's very, it's still scary. We're half, we're like leaving the home a little nervous. You leave your groceries out and we get to Arthur Avenue and sure enough, it is popping. It's, I wouldn't say it wasn't like COVID was there because there were different things. We were wearing masks, certain amount of people inside of store at once, but it was alive and well, and it just felt so great. We went to our produce stand. We went to Titel's, which is our favorite place to get pantry items and cheese and olives. And if you go to Arthur Avenue, there is one place you must go and it's Borgatti's Ravioli and Egg Noodle Shop. It's on 187th Street. I'm writing this down. It is the best. It's three fifty dollars a pound for fresh pasta, which is the best deal in the world. You get to customize the shape and size of your pasta, like the thickness, what kind of pasta. They cut it in front of you. And the real pro tip with them is to get the frozen raviolis for later. You keep it in your fridge. And then a night that you don't feel like cooking or going out, you put a couple of those in and it is incredible. So we go there, even if we're just driving by, we stop by Borgatti's to get some pasta. Beautiful. And of course we were doing that that day. So I'm there with my parents and they're only letting two people in at a time at Borgatti's. So my mom, of course, my dad and I are consider ourselves what would be food aficionados. So she's like, you guys go in because I'll definitely do something wrong. So (laughs) we're online to go in with our mask and they're only letting four people at a time inside the shop. And pre-pandemic, this place was shoulder to shoulder, like subway car traffic packed. And 
it was so crazy to see it so empty. It was sad, it was happy and sad because we're just happy it's still there. It's almost a hundred years old. So it looks like out of a movie because movies were filmed there. Can't <laughs> wait to get our pasta. We get inside the shop. They let the two people in behind us in and they kind of lock us in because this was crowd control and everyone wants to get this pasta. So we're in the shop, a very intimate experience. And we're enjoying, we're ordering our pasta, we're all talking. We get the fresh pasta. Of course, again, order the frozen ravioli. So he's going to the freezer to get the frozen ravioli. And my dad turns his back to the two people that were in there with us pulls down his mask and just looks at me and goes, don't you think that guy looks like Chaz Palminteri? Oh my God. And, and I said, dad, that is Chaz Palminteri. And <laughs> for those of you who don't know who Chaz Palminteri is, he wrote and starred in the Robert De Niro directed A Bronx Tale, which is one yes. of the quintessential New York movies that is filmed on 187th Street and Belmont. <laughs> he grew up there. He is like the child of this neighborhood. And he buys his noodles where we buy our noodles. Did you talk to him? Did you say anything? We were already talking to him. That's why I couldn't believe my oh dad my didn't God. realize Because it. it was just <laughs> us in the shop talking about what noodles we're getting. Of course, he gets the frozen ravioli too. So we're just, he has his Titel's bag. We are, we feel like we got the seal of approval from Chaz Palmentary because we were talking <laughs> produce with him. And it just felt so good and just so New York. It was the amount of fun that we had in that moment. It made me realize that New York didn't go anywhere and it wasn't going anywhere. And it's New York like it's never been, you know, like it's still New York. I love that so much. He really is. The ch- I, I just can't, the, you're setting this up so perfectly of this feeling of we finally can do something. We finally can go somewhere. I just love that your dad is the one who's like, we're doing this together. It's our family thing. And then you get there, you know, he's a different king of New York, but he's a king of New York. Like everyone oh, yeah. knows who he is. And to be, and I have to imagine like with the mask on, you guys are kind of like talking and talking to like, what's going on? And then you're like, oh my God, it is it. Then, then I'm like, did you guys like run back to the car and be like, mom? You look- yes, we, that's exactly <laughs> what we did. We were like, look who it is. I mean, she was just like, that's, that's so cool. That is what we're doing. And it, it for her, it only made sense. Of course he's here. But for us, we were like, this is, we are living a Bronx tale right now. And of course the noodles tasted amazing, you know, as they always. As always. Did he say anything to you or was he just being like a regular person? He was, that's the best part. He was just a regular person. We never acknowledged that we knew who he was. Of course not, because you're a New Yorker. No one ever acknowledges this thing. For this situation, being there after the pandemic and seeing him just continue on, it made me just really be so proud to be a New Yorker and know that New York was going to get through this really not fun time. And there's still fun to be had there. I'm trying really hard not to tear up because I know people think I like do it all the time. And like, but it is true because you're really hitting this idea on the head of that feeling. And, you know, everyone can be like, oh, this part, they aren't partying. They aren't doing drugs. Like, you know, it's not about that. It's this feeling that this sheer adrenaline you had of being like, we're going to the grocery store, yes. you know, and being in that room. And and you're saying it so well of like, New York is okay. New York is okay. And I am going to have fun again. And this city is going to be great. And thank God we're like almost, you know, whatever. Anyone can decide the number 100%, 90% on the other side of that now when we're feeling like great again. But at that time, I know what that feeling felt like. And I think you're describing it perfectly. And you are going to have so much more fun in New York City. Yeah. I can promise you that. And I love that story so much. As soon as I saw Chaz getting his ravioli, I was like, <laughs> yes, this is 
fun and fun will always happen here. As soon as I saw Chaz, I knew I was okay. Uh, It's such a cute story. It was fun. It was lovely. It's a very great story. I loved hearing it. I got to ask you our last question. And that is, what is your favorite thing about New York? Truly, I'm a food girl. I I love food forever. I love that you can just get a slice and walk with it. I love that you can try any cuisine and you can get it at any time of day, any day of the week. Yes. Whatever you want. Yes. It's available for you. That's New York. That's (laughs) it's so funny. We've talked about this several times on the show. People think that New York is so inconvenient, yet people all of the time talk about sort of these conveniences. And what you're saying in a way is like, oh, I can get whatever I want whenever I want. And if you know where to go and at 4 a.m. on a Tuesday, you want to have some dumplings, you can get them. You may not have a living room or a sink in your bathroom, (laughs) but you can get dumplings at any time of day and they can be pan fried or steamed, whatever you want. And really what's more important? I ask you. It's hard. (laughs) Thank you so much for that wonderful, absolutely joyous, lovely story. Thank you, Chaz, for bringing Julia's (laughs) life back. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for everything. Thank you for loving New York. Thank you so much, Rachel. And so great talking to you, too. I love meeting someone else that loves New York. Most importantly, thanks, New York. They had fun. 